Hey everybody, welcome to a bonus episode of the Dale Jr. Download. I'm Alex Timms, and today you'll hear the first Q&A session Dale Jr. did with some late mile drivers live from North Wilkesboro. It was a really cool hour. You actually get to meet some of the drivers that are racing in the Cars Tour and a couple limited late model drivers as well. You may, may have heard of them before, may not have heard of them before, but after today's episode, you'll know them inside and out, where they came from, where you can find them racing at, and even what car they drove in the film Talladega Nights. No, for real, that really happened. Some guy actually drove the cars as a stuntman in Talladega Nights. It's wild. That's why you have to listen to this Q&A session. So without further ado, here's Dale Jr. live from North Wilkesboro. Hey there, buddy. Appreciate y'all coming. Um, we, uh, I just got here, so this is like super over, overwhelming. And, um, and I know you guys are here early today. We got a little practice happening later and then qualifying. And then we got the limiteds and the street stocks running uh, this evening. So appreciate y'all coming early and uh, definitely appreciate y'all supporting everything happening here today and tomorrow. It's been pretty incredible uh, to pull in here and see all the camping and listening about, you know, how things are going as far as sales and ticket sales and how many people are excited about this. That's awesome. Getting the support, uh, obviously, from all of the drivers. You got Cars Tour guys that just raced this weekend at Motor Mile and they worked round the clock to turn those cars around and bring them over here to race for you guys. So uh, big hand to, to the Cars Tour for doing that. They kind of plugged this race right into the middle of a schedule they already had. So uh, it's, it's pretty incredible how flexible and how, uh, how much work the drivers and the teams are putting in to be here. So we're very thankful for that. I really believe in the Cars Tour and we've been a part of that for a while. But uh, we got a lot of limited guys here and street stalkers as well uh, from all over uh, to try to compete and run some laps here. So I know they had a little test day yesterday. I was watching that on the internet. But uh, we're going to get started with a little Q&A. I wanted to bring some of the drivers up here so that we could uh, together, you know, learn about these guys. I know the names and I've watched them race, but we don't, you know, maybe between uh, you and I, we can, we can uh, learn something about them and, and, and be able to cheer them on tomorrow in the race when you see them out on the track. So first guy I want to bring up here, I think Brandon Queen. Uh, we're going to learn about Brandon. Brandon's been uh, racing for a while, mostly I believe at Langley. It's good to meet you, man. Hey, thanks for having me, man. Yeah, thanks for coming up here today. Um, so, so Brandon, um, I've been watching your race for a couple years now, but tell everybody kind of where you've been racing at uh, and, and how you got your start. Yeah, so I started racing when I was six in the go-karts on dirt and then, um, you know, moved up arena cars, legend cars, kind of the normal uh, process, it seems. Uh, then went late model racing, and I feel like my program really elevated when uh, Phil Warren started crew chiefing for me. Uh, Langley Speedway legend. Yeah, he so, is. Uh, every, everything uh, he's taught me, man, he's helped me uh, on and off the track as a person, uh, learning about the cars, learning how to work on them, uh, learning what it takes to win. Obviously, it's tough to win in the late models, yep. but the last couple of years have really turned around for us. I met Phil when I was really young. My mom uh, lived in Norfolk. Uh, for, for a long time. She lived in Norfolk and <laughs> and so uh, he was a legend around uh, around those parts and 
you know, it's uh, it's guys like him that you know kind of kept this late model stock car uh, alive, you know, through those years, and now you're carrying that on as well. Um, so you run into cars tour. You ra you raced at Langley a lot though, right? So how do you how do you divide your schedule and really where's your focus at now as far as where you'd like to spend most of your time racing? Well, you know, for us being kind of a littler team in our backyard. Uh, you know, Langley's easy to go to. It's right up the road for budget-wise. Um, but I've always loved the Cars Tour. It's the best of the best. Um, and I always wanted to run the full deal, just hadn't quite put it together. We're working on some things right now to, to make that happen uh, here in the future. But we definitely wanted to run Langley because it was a very doable race to do, being at home. Um, never thought it would have, we thought we'd have a shot, but never thought it would turn out the way it was. Um, you know, we're just super blessed to have that opportunity to even have a shot at it and uh, to make it happen uh, <laughs> on your car on the last yeah. lap. You know, I mean, um, don't get much better than that for a fan. Uh, I know you probably wanted the eight car to win, but we were trying to put on a show. So yeah. um, Phil Warren was having surgery on that Monday, and um, that was kind of like a, a send off. I wanted to win that race really bad. And uh uh, you know, and then this race popped up, and I had the opportunity to get in it, and it's a no-brainer. I mean, you know, when this came on iRacing, that was a big deal for me. Uh, just to, I love the history of the sport, and then to be able to um, be here in person, it's just incredible. Yeah, so Brendan mentions iRacing. Um, this racetrack did have uh, some super late model races back around 2010, 2011. Uh, they really put a lot of effort in to try to revive the racetrack, uh, but that eventually went away. And uh, probably about three years ago, I talked to Marcus Smith, who owns a property, and said, I want to go out there and clean the surface up and scan this racetrack so that we can have it in iRacing. If it can't exist in the real world and we can't come here and race, at least on iRacing, guys like us can go out there and have some fun on the computer in the sim world. And that's really the very reason why we're all here today. That little moment where we came out here and cleaned that track up is what kind of kick-started this whole idea of having racing back at North Wilsboro. Well, I, I, I appreciate uh, getting a little bit of credit there, but Marcus really had to have an open mind about opening this place back up. Marcus really deserves a lot of credit because he's taken a risk himself uh, and of course, you know, we know what Marcus Smith and their program's all about, and they got Charlotte Motor Speedway and Texas and a lot of other racetracks that they're responsible for, right? And so for them to really uh, be open-minded to bring this place back says a lot about Marcus and his, he's a, uh, me and Marcus used to meet in the, meet in the um, grandstands during the races at Charlotte on Saturday, the 300-mile sportsman race. We were 10, 11, 12 years old, so Marcus is just like me, been in this sport, been running around in the pits in the garage since he was a little kid, and he loves the history. And so uh, it, it's awesome that he was able to, you know, kind of see what the possibilities are. Um, Brennan, what were your emotions, I guess, when you guys were packing up to drive up here and y'all came into this gate today? Mainly for me, man, I just was thankful just to, you know, have the opportunity to go race. A lot of people don't ever get to even sit in the, in the seat. And um, sometimes I felt like through my career, I may have took that for granted when I was having bad nights. And, uh, you know, a couple of things that really struck me was just how good I really have it. Um, whether I run last 
tomorrow night or or when or wherever I run. Um, just thankful to be a part of history, be in this race uh, with the stout field it is. And you know, um, every time I get to go racing with my group of guys, it's fun. Uh, thankful for you know all my sponsors that helped me out and and let me be here and for everybody that went into putting this event um, man just the ride down here you know it's sinking in the whole way and then when you finally get here and you just see the place it's just I mean this is it's just history man yeah. it's crazy it looks great it looks awesome I couldn't believe all the campers when I pulled in they got camping over here behind these suites man I was like holy smokes for a late model stock race this is pretty good the place is going to be packed <laughs> and uh i can't wait to see what the the whole atmosphere looks like tomorrow when we're getting getting closer oh, to yeah. strapping in you know it's uh it's already it's already awesome but i mean you know how that gets when it gets close to race time yeah. it starts getting real so you got a nickname <laughs> how did you get that nickname tell us about that and how you got that all right so in the racing world um obviously I, everybody knows me by butterbean um, when I was born, I was fat and chubby and had blonde chicken hair like the boxer, Butterbean. Oh. So it stuck. And then, you know, in the racing world, it kind of became my brand. So I figured um, I'd stick with it. My Twitter is 03 Butterbean and Instagram's Butterbean and, um, you know, our Facebook page. And we've really branded it onto our logos and stuff because I feel like it's, it's a lot easier to remember that than a name nowadays. Yeah. And it, it, people will be like, man, I remember that that name i don't remember brennan queen but i remember butterbean yeah so, and then it helps you know with the mario car that's really really stuck out to the gener you know the, the younger generation and the older because i got so much video game look to the car right. and and um i noticed the number font was really unique and so that makes a lot of sense now that you explain it that way but that's that's so smart you know everybody we were talking about that on the drive up here how you know, certain drivers have a way of leaning into a brand or an identity, man, and that's that's exactly what you need to do. People are absolutely going to remember you from that nickname, and obviously the look of your race car when they see it tonight. Some people are seeing it for the first time tomorrow, and they will that will stick out to them the unique font of the number and the way the car looks. And of course, obviously, if you're on the PA system running in the top five or you actually winning the race, nobody's ever going to forget that name for sure. Exactly. I mean, it's just, you know, just like the Sundrop cars, unique. Um, I actually have the die cast from when I was younger. <laughs> so I, I thought it was really cool to see it in person. Um, I love my car. I think uh, it's, it's became very popular. Um, no matter where I run, people will remember that. And, um, you know, that in this day and time, that's what you have to do. You know, you have to represent your partners really strong because without them, this isn't possible. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm really uh, thankful for them. Well, man, we appreciate you giving us a little bit of time today. We know you've got a busy schedule. Get over there to help you guys get your car out and get it ready to go. We're going to have some practice today from about 3 o'clock to 6. And uh, hopefully you have a good qualifying run tonight. I hope to have a lot of fun out on the racetrack with you. I'm so, I feel so lucky uh, to be able to compete with you guys. I've been watching y'all race for years in the Cars Tour. This is a big dream for me to be able to come out here and compete finally. So uh, let's have some fun. Hey, I appreciate right. you having me. Appreciate your time. And uh, got to come by and see Phil. He'd love to see you, man. I'm, I'm going to definitely do that. All right, man. Thank All you. Right. Thank you. The next driver we're going to bring up here to the stage uh, is, a, is a guy that I've been really wanting to talk to. I hadn't been able to uh, meet Bobby, but Bobby McCarty uh, is a very successful racer in the, in the Cars Tour. So let's welcome Bobby up to the stage. Bobby's been working.
<laughs> How you doing, man? Good to see you. Bobby's all sweaty because he's been working like most of these guys. I got I got so many people helping me. I ain't got a break of sweat yet, but uh, I'm I'm lucky. But Bobby's a one-man band here. Um, you know, you're one of the guys on the on the tour that that I think really stands out because of the way you race, the way you carry yourself. Uh, you race hard. You race race aggressively. We've had some some bouts with you with the junior motorsports cars over the years. Some pretty pretty uh pretty uh, heated uh, run-ins, but I think one thing that always remains is the respect you know everybody respects you and uh you know you, you'll give it as good as you get it but you also are a guy who's a mentor helps a lot of these young drivers in the series so tell us about you know where you from where you started racing and uh, how you got to this point today so uh i started racing when i was six uh go-karts um in madison north carolina about an hour and 45 minutes from here I uh, did that for about 12 or 13 years, and we moved up to the Legacy Series, uh, run by Donnie Allison and them, and did that for a couple of years, and then uh, went to Limited at South Boston, did that for a few years, and then uh, we started running late model, um, and that really was just kind of the definition of my career at that point. You know, um, my my family runs a small time mechanic shop in Greensboro, and that's I worked there Monday through Friday, and. We didn't have money to run late model, you know, and uh, we won the limited championship and an engine builder approached me and said, hey, I'll furnish the engine, you give me 30% of the winnings and you can run late model. And uh, that's how we got started in late model and then just by chance, I met Timothy at Martinsville and it was kind of the same what, deal. What year did you meet Timothy Peters? 2016. Okay. Um, we started talking then and uh, so they, you know, like I said, me and my dad, is we've done everything. You know, we never had any professional help. It's always been him and I since I was six. And uh, we got into the late models, and they started the bump stopping and the coil binding, and we was lost. You know, we, we had no idea. We come from go-karts. Yeah. Um, so uh, we met up with Timothy, and they said they would help with the setup. And so we did that for uh, the year 2016. And then um, come Martinsville time, he was in the Final Four in the trucks, and they didn't want him running Martinsville. So they called me, and uh, I mean that's pretty much how my whole career has been. Once I got in late models, just been the right spot at the right time, and and capitalizing on the opportunities. Because it, if if I'd have been a day late or a dollar short on any of it, I wouldn't be right here right now. Yeah. So it's just I've gotten lucky. Yeah. Talk about Timothy. So Timothy Peters, everybody probably recognizes that name from the truck series, and and Timothy's a late model stock guy from from around the North Carolina area and um, still dabbles a little bit. I know he yeah. still works with your, pro your program. Talk about the program you guys got. Y'all run multiple cars, yep. uh, and uh, that's, that, that's one of been, been one of the strongest teams in the Cars Tour for many years. Yeah, so we, uh, you know, we do a driver developmental program, and um, it's kind of, I believe it would be the same deal like Josh was doing with y'all. You know, you know, that's your experienced guy. That's your, your guy that kind of shows the, the younger kids coming up through the divisions. You know, a lot of these kids have speed. They just kind of struggle with race, you right. know, and, and how to be there at the end. And, um, you know, that's kind of my deal is and, and I, everything I've learned, I've learned from Timothy. Because um, I was not the race car driver I am now when I first got with the team. And, and Timothy really taught me a lot. Um, and to be able to take that information and, and pass it on to these younger kids and um, feel like I played a part in helping their career, you know, it's, it's really cool. It, it means a lot to me personally. And, um, you know, and now I got a lot of these younger drivers come up and ask me advice, and I don't even work on their car or help them at all. And um, you know, just 
for me mentally, I never thought I would be in this situation in <laughs> my career. Um, so it's, it's really cool. It's, it's been a journey, and, you know, I've loved every second of it. How old are you? Uh, 29. 29 years old. Just this year, Bobby got an opportunity to go uh, qualify for an Xfinity race at uh, New Hampshire. Didn't work out like he wanted to. It was one of the cars that, that, that typically runs toward the very back of the field. I want to. I want you to try to talk about that a little bit. How did that deal come about? And you know, what what opportunities do you think are out there for you in the future to be able to try to get back in the Xfinity Series for some more runs? So uh, my main sponsor, Kirk, with Solid Rock, he uh, he set that whole deal up, and um, you know, we had been talking for for the last, especially after last year. You know, we had a really good last year, um, and we won a lot of stuff, and we kind of wanted to make the jump. Um, and the deal with Harmon just kind of presented itself. Um, and you live and you learn. Yeah. But uh, it was a good experience, um, kind of getting used to the cars. The cars are heavier. The brakes are way better than what we got. <laughs> um, yeah. So it, it was an experience. Um, I do I do plan on trying to run a couple more races this year. Um, you know, it's just the whole the whole sponsorship deal is it's tough. It you is. Know, especially in these days, it's, it's really hard to find sponsors. So, and it, it takes a village to do anything like that, or even it's stuff like this. So, uh, you know, I, I'm working on it. Um, we're, we're trying to put some stuff together. I, I really want to run Bristol. Um, you know, New Hampshire was a track I'd never even seen before. I got to the track and I thought the dirt track was the the, the asphalt track. I was, I was like, dang it, it don't look that big. <laughs> and uh, my buddy's like, no, that ain't the right one. I was like, oh, hell, here we go. And then I seen the track and I was like, wow, that's, that's, that's way different than what I'm used to. But um, the Xfinity deal really has a, a very similar feel to the late model. Um, you know, with the gear rules, it don't really have that initial torque, you know, it kind yeah. of pulls you back like these cars do. But um, as far as the way the front feels and the way it sets and everything, it's just really similar to these. So I, I definitely want to try to run Bristol because that is a track I have raced at before and I'm at least familiar with it. But uh, we're close. Yeah. I'm going to try to run Bristol next year maybe. We're working on our deals to put together some stuff for next year. I always kind of run one race. Right. And uh, I run I run a deal with Hellman's, and Hellman's wants yep. me to run in the southeast, so that really limits the tracks I right. go to. But anyways, maybe we'll get to race together. Yeah, yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, uh, I want to know, you know, did you – I know you race a lot. You go to all types of racetracks. All these tracks on the tour that you guys run have history. Right. But when you pulled into this racetrack today, did it feel a little different? Yeah, so I actually raced the Alice Lacey car here in 2010 really? or 11 oh, wow. when they tried to open up back in. Um, obviously, it's no, going to be nowhere near the same feel. Those cars have sealed shocks, no sway bars, no yeah. power steering. I mean, it's, there's nothing there. But, um, you know, it's kind of like uh, – it's almost like Martinsville for me, just more amplified. You know, there's a ton more uh, – well, at least to me, I, I never grew up watching races here. You know, I was born in 92 – um, by the time I really got into racing and watching it, you know, they, I think they stopped here in 98 or yep. 99, somewhere in that neighborhood. 96, yeah. Um, so I never really actually got to watch races here like I did. I, we, we live 20 minutes from Martinsville. We go to Martinsville all the time. Okay. Um, so somewhere like here that has a ton of history, but I, ever, I never actually got to watch a race and see what it was like. Um, it's just a different feel. Um, you, know, you know, there's a ton of history here. A lot of, a lot of really big names in the sport have won here. Um, but I never got to see any of it, unfortunately. So uh, it's a different feel for me, um, but it's, it's still really cool. You know, you come to these places, it kind of takes your breath away for a second because it's, you know, this is what kind of 
paved the road for guys like us. You yeah. know, this is kind of where it all started. And um, to be able to race here, um, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, me too. Well, man, we're going to be watching you. I'll be out on the track with you, but I'm sure I'll be seeing you some. But uh, hope we have a lot of fun out there. Good qualifying effort tonight. Uh, hope you have a good result tomorrow. Maybe we'll both be up there. I'm just hoping to get all the laps ran. That's my goal. <laughs> my goal I, is just to get to the checker. I've, I, I'm, I had the same goal you have because we haven't <laughs> had a good 2022. So um, a lot of DNS this year. So we yeah. can make it to the end. I'll be happy. Well, drives the red and white, number 22. One of the one of the legends on the tour, Bobby McCarty. Give him a hand for coming out here and giving us a little bit of his time Thank today. Y'all. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Of course. Good to see you. You got it. All right, I think I know who's next, but I want to just check my phone just to be sure. Yep. The next guy coming up here, he's, I think he's racing for the championship. Uh, Connor Hall. Come on up here, Connor. Got your long, long pants on. Um, Connor, uh, you've had some pretty good success here in the last couple of weeks. I know you've been, uh, you know, racing well all year long, but big win at Hickory just a couple weeks ago. Um, and right there in the thick of this thing for the title hunt with with uh, Carson for the championship. Uh, tell us about where you came from, uh, how you got to this point, some of the racing you've done, where you were racing at, and, uh, and how excited you are to be here today. Well, first off, I think being here is just incredible. Uh, was super pumped up when it got released on iRacing. Thought, man, that's just that worn out track that nobody's ever gonna race again down in Wilkesboro. So here we are about a year later from when it released or two. Uh, so, like I said, first off, hats off to the Cars Tour, you know, Jack and Keeley, you know, yourself, everybody else who did this to help put all this together. But um, as far as me and my background, I'm from Virginia Beach, Virginia. Uh, Should have picked up a surfboard, but somehow got a hold of a steering wheel. Um, my dad grew up uh, racing unlimited hydroplanes out on the West Coast and overseas. Really? Uh, like boats like the Miss Budweiser. Yeah. And then my mom actually grew up in Newton Conover. Um, so that's why the whole hickory thing was so big for my family because okay. all I'd ever heard is how hard hickory is and me growing up you know I was a one car one motor me and dad kind of team so it was super the learning curve was so slow so to be able to finally get our program you know thanks to the help of Chad Bryant and be able to take my own personal car and go run really well down there as well as do it in Chad's car um, it just means a lot to me, and um, you know, it's just—it's such a slow building process, and I'm sure you know yourself even experienced it at one time. But you know, to finally kind of not arrive, but just to be where we can unload and be good everywhere or competitive. Yeah. And uh, you know, we're still doing a lot of learning. I'm doing more of a learning—you know—experience myself this year. The car's been great. I just—I ha haven't been to most of these places. I'd never been to Hickory. I'd never been to Goodyear. And ran one race at the Dominion. So. Um, just super, super excited and thankful for all. Yeah, one of the guys that texted me about Connor was uh, Elliot Sadler. He's a big, big fan of yours, man. Big believer in your ability and your future. Elliot was always trying to pitching me, you know, ideas about what what's going on in the sport, and he really thinks that you're one of the guys to be paying attention to. Um, where did you run your first race? Like, how did you get behind the wheel of a race car competitively? So I started out in go-karts, then I did arena racing, then I did the Legends Arena car. racing is unique. So, yeah. you know, they put, build the track in these indoor arenas, and uh, uh, it was a bit of a, a slugfest every time <laughs> I've ever seen it. I used to um, – who was uh, 
who ran that whole deal back in the day? Uh, Ricky, Ricky Dennis. Dennis, yeah. So he used to work with Townsend race cars mm-hmm. before, right? I used to get Townsend cars back in the 90s. But, um, so I kind of know all them guys. And uh, I don't know how you survived the, the arena racing because it was pretty rough. Just plan A, get out front and run. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it was really good. Then I did, like as I mentioned, the Legends car deal. And that's where, you know, the go-karts and the arena stuff, I was too young to really take in the experiences yeah. out you know the learning curves and everything i was just luckily i had really good equipment it was kind of just a hold it wide open kind of thing and run away from everybody else if you could then we started traveling all over the country doing legend stuff and then we did really well um i ran the year that william byron ran legends cars and him and i won two for the national title and we kind of knew he was moving up with y'all's program and we kind of always wanted to mimic ourselves after the bigger legends car guys so we kind of never thought it was possible, but we were like, well, I guess we'll try to find a late model somewhere. And thankfully, my mom hated Legends cars because they were pretty dangerous. Yeah. So she was always like, we need a full full body car. I'm like, yeah, they're dangerous. <laughs> we need a full body car. <laughs> so we finally made the move in 2015, and then um, I ran my own program, and still do on the side, but I ran my own program until about 2019. Where do you run your own car at mostly? So usually it was Langley. Um, some stuff happened last year where I just decided that I needed to block, kind of have my Josh Berry moment and get do something different. And so I started just traveling everywhere and absolutely, you know, just living life on the road kind of thing <laughs> and going to places I had never really been before. Went to Martinsville, ran the Rodney Cook, went to South Boston. Just really was like I need to really see what I can do for myself, and if if I can't figure anything out, then I need, you know, maybe just reevaluate my program and keep staying at the local level. So then, um, like I said, in 2019, I was at the Daytona test to get approved for Dover because I was a big believer of the K&N series. Yeah. And I was trying to run for a team out of the north by the name of Marsh Racing. Just it was, it was the cheapest I could find. They you know they allowed me to work on it myself. Um, just my hell mary like this is my one kind of chance and so i got up you know i went to the test and i i was a big hedgecock guy just as y'all are and jay hedgecock called me and said hey do you know who chad bryan is and i said no i, I don't know anybody here and he was like go up to him tomorrow and you know just go talk to him and i was like all right and i don't know how familiar you are with chad but he's very blunt and he walks i walk up and he was like hey man i was like hi he was like I'm Chad. You're Connor. I was like, yeah. He was like, here, take my card. He was like, you want to run that car in two weeks here at the race? I was like, yeah. Call him Monday morning. He's like, how much money you got? And I was like, oh. Yeah. He's like, I'll give you one week to raise as much money as you can. We made it work. And then ever since then, I just, I never stopped calling the poor guy every Monday. Hey, you got a, you got a driver from Michigan. You got a driver from Pocono, blah, blah. And just, he all, sadly, he always had the seat filled. Yeah. But eventually, um, you know, him and Elliot and some other guys, I guess, were trying to help me, you know, start talking to Brian and, your, and yourself and some other guys to possibly make the move to, run, you know, try to run with y'all this year. So then when, you know, Carson got brought on and all the other stuff, he was kind of like, well, you know, we tried, but let's just start a team. We'll go see if we can hang with them. Yeah. And it's it's been like the, the land of the misfits kind of. We just – my motors, their cars, this truck, this trailer. It's different every <laughs> week. But uh, we've been putting a really good effort forward, and I, you know I'm super thankful for the Chad Bryant group. 
Yeah. Yeah. Talk about the big win at Hickory. Um, seemed like, you know, that was, uh, like you say, very important. I watched it on, on, on the stream and just how excited y'all were about being able to get that done. Talk about how – is that the biggest win of your career? I would say it's it probably is. Um, I always value my first Hampton Heat a lot. That was kind of my breakout, you know, first big win. Um, but – and then, like I said, you got to value my first Carter's Tour win. But I say it's like just a true awesomeness – of just a kick butt kind of win, and that that would be the car, the Carter Store win at you know throwback race. Yeah. Um, just like I said, I I literally rush home in like middle school and high school, the Monday after a race, and just sit there and watch YouTube videos of like you know Josh when he was in the Speedco car and Lee and Philip and all these guys, and I really never thought I was ever gonna make it to late models because at the time my family dynamics weren't you know they weren't what they are now. Um, we didn't think it was going to be possible on our end of the things, and as well as I didn't have any big sponsors, and now I'm very fortunate to have people, you know, like Town Bank and, you know, Blue Water and Britain Concrete and not done yet Sport Fishing, and I have Ashton Lewis on the car. Ashton? Um, yep. So, the old Xfinity driver. Yep. Wow. Uh, yep, All kinds with, of the cool connections. Yep. They're with yeah. First Team Automotive, so it's just, like I said, it's just if you can – Kind of don't forget where you came from, but always still remember where you want to go kind of thing. Yeah. And just slowly pick away each week and find one more little sponsor or one more opportunity. And that's that's just the whole goal. That is a – dude, I'm telling you, you should be giving a seminar to some of these younger guys that are trying to – I get that question all the time. How do I get going? How do I get started? And that's exactly the right answer. That's a better answer than I could even give about every day picking away, every day trying to bring somebody on board that can support and help you. Um, you're making it happen, man. You're get, you're leaving an impact because people know your name. You know, people people are people know who you are because of the success you're having out there on the racetrack. And um, looking forward to having a, a lot of fun with you these couple of days. Hope you have a great qualifying run and a great race. Tell everybody the number car you run. Some of these people haven't seen it yet, and uh, you're you're right there in the thick of the battle for the championship in the Cars Tour. Yep, I run a uh, predominantly all white and turquoise blue number seventy seven. It's uh, got Gold Leaf Town Bank on the side, and uh, hopefully you'll find us up front. Yep. We're going to have a lot of fun battling you all the way to the end of this thing, man. Good luck to you, and thanks for giving us some time today. Yes, sir. And that was great, uh, great information uh, about how to, how to make this work. You know, it's a... Uh, a lot of people try a lot of different ways, and there are there are many, many ways to be able to be out there competing on the racetrack, and everybody's got their own story. But right there is a great example of a guy who's who's doing all the work uh, every minute of the day trying to make opportunities for himself. So our next, uh, <laughs> our next guest, I know this guy, he runs a limited car. I wanted to bring one of the limited drivers up here to talk about their experience uh, at the racetrack. They're going to run a 50-lapper tonight and another one tomorrow. I'm not going to try to pronounce his last name. I'm going to get him up there to do that. But, Brian, come on up here. I've been, uh, I've been social media buddies with this guy, so I'm finally glad to meet him. Good to see you. So, yeah, give us, do us a favor and tell us how to say it. Uh, it's Obajenski. Uh, Obajenski. Polish from New York. All right. And so, Brian here, uh, a great guy that I met on Twitter, uh, just kind of in the racing industry, NASCAR, Twitter, whatever you want to call it. Uh, but uh, you run a limited car, predominantly, I guess, at South Boston. Is that right? And so the limited car to me, man, when I look at it on the racetrack or sitting here in the garage, looks just like a late model car. What's the difference? 
Sure is. Uh, most of the times, they're identical. Uh, we run scuff tires most of the tracks we go to. We run crate engines from Chevrolet or Ford, uh, the Chevy guy, so we only run Chevy. Uh, but the uh, comes down to carburetor, some shocks, it's not much different. We usually run about three, four tenths off of you guys, but uh, we're able to save a bunch of money, run more times during the year, and creates a little bit more family time, too. I'm not in the shop, you know, nine days a week. I'm in there six days a week instead. Yeah. So... How I know you showed uh, on Twitter your excitement for this weekend or this week, and so just try to tell us in the best words you can about what this what this means to you. You know, you're you know you're you've been ra- you could be racing anywhere, right? Uh, why is it important for you to be here as a limited driver or st- you know, some of these street stock guys? Um, how excited are y'all to kind of be a part of this whole program this week? Yeah, um, growing up in New York, uh, there was only a couple options of tracks to race at. Um, Riverhead Raceway, I met a guy named Matthew Dillner. I think yeah. you might know him. Uh, he covered my racing early in, the, in my years, but uh, I met a family, ended up uh, marrying my wife. They're a racing family. We were on the Modified Tour for a long time, Stafford, Thompson, Waterford, all the tracks up there. Um, but being able to read stock car magazines and watch on TV and see names like Beggarly and, uh, and Earnhardt, uh, Seeing the tracks down here as a young man, if you would have told me at 10 years old that when I'm getting closer to 40, I'll find myself at a race at North Wilkesboro, I'd have been beside myself. You know, like I said, the names Allison, Richmond, Waltrip, the people that have won here, uh, the track that you guys are all at today, this is a special place. It's an incredible place. It, uh, it, hell yeah. When I, when I walked in that gate yesterday, um, I, I pulled in this track. And I couldn't believe the feeling. It, w- it, was, it was like almost a ghost was with me. A good ghost. A, a Casper the Friendly <laughs> ghost. But, man, the, the history. I'm a student of this sport. I can't watch enough and read enough. Um, that's why I see a lot in this guy with a lot that he's done with the history of the sport. But if you really can immerse yourself in, in the people that came before you, um, huge fan of Junior Johnson. I am. Um, just everything that he did for the sport, the people he helped along, the grandfathers of this sport. Today I get the opportunity to run here. We were fast in practice yesterday. If I could bring a track, tr- uh, uh, a trophy home from this track, man, like it would just mean the world to me. I've won championships. I've done it all. I'm getting close to retirement here, but this would, this would be it, man. This is what we all want. Come on now. Retirement. Yeah, man. man. I, I got two beautiful children. I enjoy fishing. And my father-in-law, we just came back from Atlantic City. We were golfing. I'm getting good at this golf okay, thing. Okay, okay. So, yeah. you know, I, I heard your comments about getting close to 40, how hard it is to run, win races over 40. And Mark Martin told me the same thing. So I'm, I'm all on page. I'm, I'm winding down here. So tell us how, um, how you did make the, the – tr- what are you doing racing in the south? What are you do? How, do, how are you – uh, racing at South Boston. Where are you at living? What's your what's your uh, responsibilities? Your profession? Yeah, I uh, by trade I'm a General Motors world class technician. I worked in a dealership like ASC someone else. ASC certified. ASC certified. Yeah. I'm one of uh, I guess it's about a hundred guys in the world that are uh, factory 100% trained. So I'm in a Cadillac dealership. I've been there for 20 years. Yeah. Uh, cards is my hobby. If you can find, if there's any young people in the crowd, if you can find something that you love doing so much that you never work a day in your life, like that's what you need to do. So I work on cars in the morning. I work on cars at night. I live just about an hour north of Raleigh. It's a beautiful place. We just built a, a beautiful house up there. And uh, racing in the south, I, I couldn't give it up in the north. You know, I just when I got down here, I took one year off, went right back to it, racing at A Speedway uh, yep. near Elon. And just kept on digging, man. And, you know, that's where we are. So um, I met Brian. I'd seen him liking uh, some of the tweets that I liked. And we were talking about some of the same things because he runs his limited car and we race late models. And um, 
but I was actually trying to put a disc brake package on the back end of my 48 pickup truck, and I couldn't figure out why the pedal wasn't long. The pedal was way too long, and I couldn't get any brake pedal in it, and uh, we got to looking at the, um, what the hell is that thing called? As a proportion valve? Yeah, the proportion valve. (laughs) And so... And I'm like, man, I need to change that because this is a this is a disc brake front, drum brake rear portion valve, and uh, and I think I, I need to disc disc. And so I I just reached out on Twitter. Anytime you need uh, a, a lot of smart ass answers, uh, but one really good one, uh, ask the question on Twitter. And so I knew I'd get the right answer, but I'd have to sift through all the bullshit. But <laughs> this man right here. Had the right answer. He's like, you're on the right track, man. You're on the right track. So I DM'd him. We started talking a little bit in the DM about it, and I got the right proportion valve and, and uh, fixed my truck. Uh, I did all this right there in the garage at my house. But um, that's how we became I expect buddies. a ride, by the way, one yeah. day. Yeah. <laughs> you can ride in a pasture seat today oh, if you I, want. I, 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 <laughs> but, uh, it's, you know, it's, uh, it's great to be able to have guys like you come up here and give us a perspective of some of the, you know, the other series that are going to be competing here. You guys are going to run your tails off tonight. So you got a 50-lapper tonight and then another 50-lapper tomorrow. So I know you've ran doubles before, so you know the mentality of that first race is a little bit different than tomorrow. So tell us about that. Yeah, uh, first race when you got a two-day event, um, you definitely you want to save a little bit of equipment. We can't go ripping offenders off it tonight. That's for tomorrow. Um, but you, you want to keep the car in one piece. You want to really get a good read, find a hotel room, find a dinner table, talk it over with your crew chief and your crew, and figure out what you can do to be better tomorrow. You know, there's a second race. There's a second chance. If we can't get it done tonight, I'm, I'm blessed to have two opportunities at this to make it happen tomorrow. So a little bit of saving tonight. Hopefully we're quick enough after qualifying to track positions, you know, in our favor and don't have to just absolutely blow the doors off the car get there. But um, two days is cool, and we're going to try and get it done both times. So you'll be racing against a lot of guys you've never raced before. Uh, people from all over different racetracks are here. Um, you know, how do you navigate the uncertainty of knowing what your fellow competitor is going to do in any situation around them? That's the best question I've ever been asked. Um, you, you just got to gotta play a little bit of safety when you're in that car, but you just got to trust that the guy is going to have a head on right and you're going to be able to get in there and run door to door with them, not have any problems. But, you know, it's, it's when you're two, three inches off of each other, you're just trusting that that guy that runs at Hickory or that guy that runs in Kingsport, Lonesome Pines, wherever it may be, has just got as much talent as you do, and you're going to put on a show. So you run the number 29. Where did you get that number from? Well, remember I said the GM thing. When I first got into General Motors, there was a 29-minute oil change. And uh, soon after that, uh, there, was a, there was a cat came along named Kevin Harvick, and I thought that cool look, and it looked pretty cool. And I said, uh, I need a number, and I was going to go with two for Rusty. But mom said he cursed too much, so I wasn't allowed to do that. So we ended up with the 29, and I've been running it ever since. So they, um, I, was, I used to change oil at Dad's dealership. I did that for about three years. And they had the 29-minute uh, quick lube, and uh, I could do it in eight. So, but You, you know, put the drain plug back in? One time I did forget <laughs> to put the filter on. So we drive the car in, we, we put it on the lift, we changed oil, we drop it down, we park it back out in the parking lot for the customer. And I, I got out and stood and walked to the back of the car to go back in, and there was a trail of oil all the way back to my stall where it pumped all the oil out of that where the filter goes. But, uh, and one time, you know, I, I, made, I was paid hourly, but then I talked them into putting me on commission. Yeah. And uh, that lasted like a week and a half because I made about 300 bucks. Yeah. I was like double my paycheck. Uh, but they didn't like that. So, because I could do them so fast, 
Uh, I could do so many, and, and then uh, eventually I got fired, but that's a whole other story. <laughs> I never was ASE certified either. I never, and I, yeah, and I failed the inspection part, you know, because I couldn't do a federal inspection. So we were just changing oil. Just changing oil. That's all right. Yeah, I know. That was, my, that was me. But uh, I enjoy having you up here, man. And hey, man finally appreciate it. got to meet you. Thanks for coming up here and giving us a little perspective yes, on, sir. on the series you're in and what you guys are going to try to accomplish. Everybody give Brian a hand. Number 29. Make sure you're pulling for him out there on the racetrack tonight. I'll be watching. All right. I think uh, let me make, make my little Yeah. All right. <laughs> Is Chad here? All right. So everybody ever heard the name Chad McCombie? All right. Well, I've been following Chad a long time. Some of you all might remember that uh, Chad played me in a movie uh, about Dale Earnhardt on ESPN, the movie three, I believe was the name of it. And that's uh, the first time I ever saw, or not, what was the name? It was three, right? So Chad, uh, that's the first time I ever saw Chad. But then I saw him racing in the truck series. He's a hell of a race car driver. Uh, he's racing in late model stocks these days. Also got a little road course uh, racing program that he does on the IMSA tour. Uh, but let's get Chad up here real quick. Give Chad a hand for coming up here. I've always wanted to sit down and talk to him for so long. Um, just a great guy, you know. I've been I've been following ever since you know we had that connection through the movie. I just always, you know, had my eye on Chad or any kind of piece of news that come across the table or across across my phone screen or anything. Just always kind of pulling for this guy, and uh, he's a hard worker. I remember when he raced in the truck series uh, and uh, with uh, uh, what's it? Bobby Dodder's car, and then you worked for uh, Hillenburg. So yep. I, I ran uh, Hillenburg's driving school at Charlotte way back in the mid-'90s, so I kind of had a pretty good friendship with him. So, But I know Hillenburg, and I know his operation, and that really told me a lot about you, how much you could get out of that equipment. And so for the longest time, man, I really respected how talented you are. Um, but thanks for coming up here. You're racing uh, in late models now, but also I uh, want to hear more about your IMSA program uh, that you are part owner in. Tell us about that. Yeah, so no, I've, got, I've got a lot going on. I appreciate you having me, man. It's, it's awesome. The, uh, I stay super busy, um, and I've been very fortunate to just be in the right place at the right time and have a connections and just keep working hard, and, and that's turned into to a lot of sports car racing, which I never thought I would ever do. Um, you know, I, I had my goals set on, on NASCAR for such a long time, and um, trying to work my way up through the ARCA ranks and the trucks and, and, and run a few cup races there with Petty for a while. And, and then just the opportunity came up to, to turn right on purpose. And um, I, had a, uh, I had a partner in the circle track stuff that, that wanted to put all their, all their investment in sports car racing. They're like, hey, will you come drive our car? Well, yes, you know, where? where what are we doing? So um, I went in to Daytona and turned down an infield on purpose for the first time. <laughs> and, and man, I've been doing sports car stuff ever since. And that led into a, a, a contract with Mazda. I'm doing a lot of work with Ford right now. And that uh, actually turned into even uh, owning a team in yeah. the Mazda ranks. So um, trying to continue to make a living in this sport, man. I love the sport and this is all I know. So this is the only option I have. I'm gonna make it work and, and figure out what we're doing. Again, being in the right place at the right time, and Mr. Robert Elliott um, doing this pro lo uh, local short track stuff for him and running in the car store. Um, man, it, it, Sam Yarbrough and I are fortunate to run that program for him, and, 
and get to come out here and, and, and enjoy, you know, really great events like this. And, and it's been a whirlwind, man. You know how the, the racing world and trying to just keep something going in it. Um, sometimes every November, December, you don't have a clue what January brings. But um, good Lord's put me in, in, in really good places, and so far, so good. You mentioned Robert Elliott. That's the guy you're driving for today. Uh, and he runs a number red. It's a red number sixteen. Yeah. Uh, Aaron's is on the side. Everybody remembers Aaron's from the from uh, Michael Waltrip's days in the series in the Cup Series. But um, I raced against Robert Elliott at uh, Florence and Myrtle Beach, and uh, we actually bought a car from Robert for Kelly to race uh, at Tri County and Hickory and places like that. But uh, just uh, it's crazy. All the guys that we've had up here, there's been some sort of connection some way somehow to multiple different people in our lives but um so how often do you run you run the full cars tour yep. do you run anywhere else besides that with your uh, late model stock car i personally don't this year um we have a second car that sam yarbrough has been driving and he's he's running the triple crown this year um he'll go to martinsville here in a few weeks i thought it was longer than that away but it, it's, it's sneaking right up, up on us uh, he'll probably run the 400 over at Florence and, and, you know, try to run as many races as we can. It's a little tough to, to run, you know, the full cars tour and a full, you know, schedule somewhere at a local racetrack. But um, both of us run as much as we possibly can for Robert, and um, he's been awesome to us, man. He just wants to race. He, he, uh, he retired from his business uh, a couple of years ago, and, and he's always loved Lake Mall stock racing, and, and this is what he wants to do, and we're just the fortunate ones to get to do it for him. Your road course IMSA schedule, how many races is that? When does that start and end? So on our Mazda program, it's a seven-event, 14-race um, schedule. It starts in Daytona, ends at Petit Le Mans in Atlanta um, here at the end of next month. And then the Mustang that I drive in uh, Michelin Pilot Challenge, that's a 10-race schedule, same same schedule. It, it starts in Daytona, ends at Road Atlanta. Yeah. Do you ever get confused on where you're supposed to be? Sometimes. <laughs> I, like, so last week at Motor Mile, I, I drove over to VIR on Thursday, drove back over to Motor Mile on Friday, thought I was going to have to go back over, um, but I ended up not going back over there. And, man, it's, it's, it, it is busy. Yeah. We, uh, our, heck, our toter home broke down on the way to Motor Mile, so I had to get one of my Mazda rigs to take our trailer to Motor Mile, drop it at midnight, and then go over, back over to VIR. So it's, uh, it's a whirlwind, man. But the sports car stuff is really cool, and that – it's just a whole nother arena that I never thought I'd be a part of, right? right? You know, like I, here I am one year thinking, you know, about going to Daytona and Talladega and Bristol and Richmond and all these places. And then the next year I'm, I'm going to a place called Sebring. I'm going to Road America. I'm going to Laguna Seca, you know, places that, that weren't on my radar. And um, I even got to go over to UK and race a little bit at Silverstone and um, Alton Park. Really? So, yeah, with, with Ford. So it's, <laughs> it's a places that I never dreamed right. of, right? Um, but I really think it's actually helped me probably be a, be a better competitor now than what I was, you know, coming up through the ranks earlier in my career. Yeah. I, I think that you're, um, I love your style, man. You're, you're really fast, set on a lot of poles, uh, win some races, but you're clean. You're super, super clean, drive with respect. Um, you know, in, in, in a short track world, you don't, you know, it's it's kind of expected and almost, uh, you know, okay to be kind of rough with guys and beat on guys, lean on guys, and sometimes you have to do that. But I've never really seen you do that. I mean, what would you pattern your driving style after? Who is your who's your mentor? Who's your hero? Well, I think a lot of that comes from working on my own cars, right? So if we if we tear up some stuff, you know, when I was driving for Hillenburg, when I was driving for Daughter, um, even with my family, when we had uh, Allison Legacy cars and late models ourselves. 
you know, that was a lot of work to fix those things. Um, and, and you can win races without doing it. So, um, and that's what I tried to, to really, you know, I think that having to do that early in my career, there, there's pluses and minuses to it, right? But it, it made who I was. And Andy Hillenberg told me a long time ago, um, one of the first things he said, you know, there's white hat and there's black hat guys. He said, there's, there's really, there's a lot of black hat guys out there right now. He <laughs> said, but I promise you there's still some room for a couple white hat guys to so yeah. be one of those guys. So what's the future for you? Do you even look far into the next couple of years? I know you're probably real happy running the pilot car and having your, you know, your, all your imps and connections, but how much longer do you think you're going to stick around doing these late models and driving stock cars on a circle track? Well, you know, I'd like to do it as long as I can. I'm still having fun. How old are you? Um, I'm 37. Yeah, so you got some years left. It's, um, I mean, as long as Mr. Robert wants to do it, I mean, I'm happy to do it for him just because he has been so good to us. Um, and I want to respect him and, and, and run with him and race with him as long as he wants to race. I mean, there's certainly opportunities that I think are going to potentially come up on the IMSA side. Um, I'd like to grow my own little team on the IMSA side and maybe move up a division or two. But just kind of waiting to see what, what gets put in my path, you know, and, and what opportunities arise. And if those opportunities come up and, and it seems like something that's a positive step, then I think, well, you know, to seriously talk about it. But I'm always looking for that next thing. I probably I probably don't put myself out there as far as trying to find a truck ride or a sure. cup ride. You know, I, I'd love to go and, and run a car at, at a road course or something nowadays, but I don't I don't really pursue it. And not that I don't want to do it, but I'm, I am enjoying what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, and I think that the growth in the sports car side, I haven't made it to the top, top level in that. Um, but I think there's potential opportunities in the future. So just do the best I can and, and whatever, kind of whatever presents itself. Yeah. Well, I know uh, we can't let you go without asking a question about the movie. And I don't want to ask it because I, I'm sure <laughs> I might ask the wrong question. So if we got a mic, we got a mic. I want to, anybody raise your hand if you got a question that you might want to ask. Uh, Chad up here uh, about his experience on the three movie and and come on I know somebody's got one question there we go thank you ma'am got a brave one well first of all how was it like playing the part of Dale Earnhardt Jr. well so at the the time you know he mentioned working for Andy Hillenberg that's what I was doing that's the reason I got that role Hillenberg did all the cars for the movies and um, so we, we were at the fast track driving school and they brought everybody through and they said, man, we are having a hard time finding Adele Jr. <laughs> but, but you already have that Southern twang. Like you think you'd come read some lines. That is literally all I did, guys, I promise <laughs> you. I, I read lines, you know, like I, I had no idea. And I would read a line, they'd be perfect, perfect. You know, well, that was great, you know. Um, they, they, they got their money's worth out of me because I did all my own stunts too. So <laughs> I, did, I didn't have to have a stunt double or anything. and it did, was, you get, uh, did you get paid double? Yeah, no, unfortunately not. The, uh, it, but it was a little nerve-wracking. You know, what, the coolest thing about it was I, was I was worried to death about missing a couple weeks of racing at Myrtle Beach. Cause I, and I was going to college at the time, and I, and I wanted to make sure that I wasn't doing something I weren't supposed to. So I said, Hillenberg, can you reach out to Dale and make sure he's good with that? And he, I think he did at some point, and he, and he said, man, he said, go for it. So I'm like, okay, well, here we go. And, but just learning the, the atmosphere and what it takes to put a production on, I think it actually helped me later in my career to understand the media side of things and what goes on behind the scenes. And, uh, but it was a great experience. I mean, that's something that at the time I was, I was, man, eh, I could do it or not do it. But 
it helped with instant name face recognition this was why you knew me um you know and i think that one day man that's gonna be i can i can tell my grandkids or whatever hey i, I was in the movies one time that was it, right? One and done. No yeah. more. No more. No, I got, in Hollywood after that. That was it. So we did. Uh, Hillenburg did all the cars for the Talladega Nights. Oh. Um, we did. I'm, I'm drawing a blank now, but so I got to do a lot of stunt driving. Now that was a riot. Like the stunt driving stuff, um, especially when we started accidentally wrecking a bunch of cars or, or doing something we weren't supposed to. I got to do a lot of the. Um, I think I actually, believe it or not, I was Aaron's car in the night scenes at Charlotte and Talladega Nights. Really? Um, yeah. I was the old Spice car in the Talladega scenes when they're coming to Checkered Flag. <laughs> so um, I got to do some other cool stuff, too, and production-wise that, that, I don't know, it was a great experience. Well, I appreciate you coming up here and giving us a little bit of time. Chad yeah. runs the red, number guys. 16. Yeah. You guys can cheer him on tomorrow night. Hope you have a great run, man, and we'll see you in the garage. Thank you, buddy. All right, the last guy I'm going to bring up here is a local uh, Kind of local. You'll, re you'll recognize the last name uh, for sure. Landon Huffman. <laughs> Landon, uh, Landon and I kind of have become friends just over the last little bit. Uh, obviously, I knew his dad, and, uh, but there was a little bit of a connection that, that our, our fathers share uh, in racing. Uh, but I've been watching Landon race uh, only because of the content this guy creates. He's got a little <laughs> YouTube channel, a couple thousand followers, and it's growing. I've watched it grow, literally right in front of my own eyes. And some of the content that Landon produces is really unique. He's very transparent. It reminds me, uh, you know, kind of like a, a, a Timmy Hill. So Timmy Hill starts a truck team. Everybody knows Timmy Hill been racing his guts out his whole life but Timmy starts a truck team and when I see Timmy on social media boy he's got a nice looking truck clean shop so I call Timmy I'm like Timmy how in the hell you start this truck team up I think it looks pretty good <laughs> and so he laid the whole thing out in front of me all his numbers and I was amazed at, at just how smart and how tight and clean he runs that operation uh, and it reminds me a lot of Landon because Landon has that same transparency he actually created a video on his social media basically outlining all the expense that it takes for him to compete weekly at Hickory. And um, it's a smart video for anybody who kind of you know, what, wonders what it might take just to be a weekend warrior at some of these local racetracks. Guys, uh, I know a lot of y'all know him, but some of you might not. He's uh, closing in on a possibility of winning the track championship over at Hickory. I think that he wants to put his name on the wall over there where his dad's is. Uh, so we're excited about that. And he'll be racing in the limited car tonight and tomorrow night, and it's a number 75 High Rock Vodka car. So he's supporting, oh, yeah. yeah, he's supporting a brand. I, <laughs> me and my wife started a vodka business with Sugarlands in Gatlinburg. And this man right here was lucky enough to, to, to take the deal I offered him, or he was kind enough to take the deal I offered him to be able to lucky. wrap that car. Lucky. Yeah, well, <laughs> he thinks he's lucky. I think he did, he did us a solid, but... Um, we're, you know, with the Sundrop car out here, I'm, you, I got an agenda, Landon. So I'm trying to get a ready-to-drink Sundrop High Rock. All right? And so I'm trying to convince Sundrop that this is a good idea. And we can't, have, we can't tell them about it unless there's a High Rock car on the racetrack. So uh, I was going to say, if anybody is going to convince them to do it, it's going to be you. Yeah. And I will say that the combination is pretty good. It's a little deadly, <laughs> but it's pretty good. <laughs> But anyways, Landon, tell us about yourself. I mean, you know, you, you grew up in a race of family. Mm -hmm. What do you, you know, 
what have you been doing? You ran trucks. You've done a bit, a bit of everything, but how did you get here? Yeah, so uh, my grandfather raced, my dad raced. I'm a third-generation driver. Both of them grew up racing at Hickory Motor Speedway. So uh, I grew up at the racetrack, been going there for as long as I can remember. My dad graduated from late models. He won two track championships at Hickory and then moved up to Bush Grand National at the time. Uh, they were trying to do it all out of a shop there at my house, uh, back when you could do that and, at that level. And, uh, you know, he struggled a lot, had a lot of mechanical failures, you know, the typical deal of a of a hometown, you know, grassroots kind of guy trying to move up and run some national stuff. And he actually got burned pretty bad in uh, the early 90s at Daytona in a bush race. So after that, um, they got rid of a lot of the bush stuff, I think, after 92. And he kind of went back and started racing locally again and then uh, ended up finding a career in the Goodies Dash Series, which unfortunately is no longer here, but a fantastic touring division in NASCAR. And uh, dad supported the White House Apple Juice colors during that. And uh, Yellow 37, probably, if you guys remember the Goodies Dash Series, that car was one of the more prevalent ones. It was in the series for 10 years. So it's easy to remember and uh, one that stood out. He found a lot of success there, won five championships and was Toyota's first uh, NASCAR driver to win a race for Toyota in NASCAR and a championship. So that's really cool. Developed a good relationship with Toyota, then uh, moved on to the truck series. But me personally, I started racing at Hickory when I was 14. Uh, back then, that was the age you couldn't be, I say back then, you know, back when you were in, when you started, I think you had to be 16, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you had to be 14 then. Now you can race at 12, which is just absolutely incredible. <laughs> but, uh, Started racing limited. Uh, we did it, at, uh, you know, out of a little shop there at our house again, and then uh, graduated up to late model stocks. Raced a bit. Uh, I actually only ran two full seasons. Really, one 2015. Finished second in the points. Uh, 14. I raced majority of the year. Got to race against Dale's cars a lot. Uh, great competition at Hickory. Learned a lot. You know, growing up, I worked on my race cars with my dad, and uh, there's so much value in doing that as a young driver that I feel like is skipped over in the current time, but uh, not only mechanic mechanically, but just the lessons you learn from doing it a certain way and then how rewarding it is after you find success to celebrate that with your family, my dad, my crew, all of my crew guys, your people from my high school days, and actually the sons of people that worked and helped my dad on the dash, on his dash car. So it's a lot, it's really cool, it's family sport. But after that, I moved up, uh, ran a couple truck races, got some opportunities with Mike Mittler, some lower funded teams, and uh, it was tough. You know, at, racing at that level without uh, premium funding, it'll suck the life out of you. It's, it's, you know, you ask anybody that's fought through that grind, it really is a grind. And I was spotting full time during that time period. So I was at the racetrack every weekend, but I was still trying to find money to get in the seat. Uh, you know, it didn't really work out, and I kind of find myself back at my roots here last year and this year. Uh, a guy named Jason Smith, I was good friends with him throughout this process of me trying to move up, and uh, he kind of stepped up and gave me an opportunity to drive his race cars when I could on the off weekends that I wasn't traveling. And then now, last year, we come back, run a few late model races, built his program up, and then um, I've got the race car at my shop now, and we kind of work it kind of as a joint deal like I did with my dad and then Jason and his guys. And we've been running for the track championship this year, so we've had a lot of fun. We've won three times. It's been good. What, um, what was the uh, light bulb that went off that made you want to start creating content uh, and find – how have you found value in that? Well, nobody was doing it right. in the asphalt side of things. And I, if you pay attention to YouTube at all – 
in the racing or automotive side, there's a lot of dirt content creators and a lot of people that are running dirt late models, dirt street stocks, and they, they've already figured it out, right? So they're, they're making race day vlogs and shop videos and stuff. And I was like, well, if they're doing it, you know, there's got to be, it's got to be an, a, a niche there for asphalt racing. So I started doing that. And at first it was a little slow, but I had one video that like popped off. It was a uh, race shop restoration video. So the old that shop. That was the first one I saw. Yeah. So yeah. The, the old shop that my dad raced out of in the late 80s and early 90s kind of went to the wayside when he moved out of the sport in 2003 or quit racing his own stuff and it had become basically a storage building so it was on the brink of falling down and every time i walked by it it was just like an eyesore and i hated to hate see it that way there's so much history in there there's trophies all in it you know and just seeing it fall so i got in there and started cleaning it up with my guys my grandpa and got it to the point it's still not clean, but it's clean enough. Got it to the point where I could race out of it this year, so that's been really cool. Uh, first ever win to go back to that, or first trophy to go back into that shop since, uh, like, 2003, so that was pretty cool. Yeah. I, for, in, in that first video, he climbed up on the roof of this thing. <laughs> I don't know how safe that was, but <laughs> it was not safe. It was a lot of problems with the roof, um, and that was the moment when I said, this is never going to get done. So, I mean, what stage of restoration are we in? I know we're probably not finished, but you le is the roof leaking anymore? Um, only in minor areas. Only in the places yeah. you ain't working? Yeah, not where my race car sits. <laughs> yeah, no, it doesn't leak there. Uh, we are <laughs> – this winter is still going to take a lot of work. I mean, I got air working again, so that was a big deal, making sure I had air compressor working. Did uh, that, you fire up the old compressor? Oh, same compressor. Same compressor. Yeah. Yeah. Took about $200, just replaced a couple belts on it and a pipe, and she works like That's a charm. Fascinating. Yeah. So uh, that works, and uh, I replaced all the old ballast lights. I just switched them over to LEDs. I made a video doing that. I almost shocked myself like five times doing that. <laughs> First time I'd ever done that. But uh, So I got a, a few lights working in there now that are LEDs. They put out good lights. So uh, all the heaters and all that stuff still in there. Uh, bathroom and all the plumbing still in there. Does it work? So uh, bathroom doesn't work. So I got a. I, I'm luckily my apartment lives right You're there. Home. Yeah. Yeah. So you're I married. On, yeah. How does she put up with all of this? <sighs> I'm very. She's sacrificing. For her. You know that, right? Oh, 100 percent. Yeah. If I if my wife did, I don't. I can't believe she ain't left me yet. To be honest. <laughs> to be honest. No, I'm very fortunate for my wife. She uh, she loves me dearly, and she has to to put up with everything that I put her through. So you got your late model car in this shop, and also you got a, a limited car that you're racing today, and you sometimes rent that out, and then you have a pro late model. So, you know, you you did on, you did a video where you went and found this pro late model car, <laughs> and this is sort of a micro. Um, you know, this is kind of the 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 vision for your whole whole deal. It's like you. You take somebody else's junk and you turn it into good working, functioning equipment. I mean, yep. the shop's kind of like that, but, um, <laughs> you know, your limited is like that to an extent, but this yep. pro late model car, you're going, you know, you'll do a video where you bent the front clip on the, on the late model car and you do a whole video on cutting that front clip off, going over to the building, to get, going over to a guy to get a front clip put on. You show the whole world, you know, kind of the, the dirty, nitty-gritty Un, you know, unfun part of racing. It's great to watch. Yeah. You know, you kind of go through this struggle, but um, it's fascinating. I watch you do these videos and you like have no, you don't care that, you know, everything's not pristine. You're not worried about somebody giving you a hard time about doing something one way and not doing it the other. Because, I mean, everybody on YouTube's got an opinion and they got a better idea than you. Oh, every time. There's a lot of, uh, 
Well, there are Facebook crew chiefs out there. <laughs> a lot of those. YouTube's not as bad. There are yeah. a lot of Facebook crew chiefs, but uh, there is some YouTube crew members that seem to seem to know better than we do. Or yeah. my favorite one is when they watch my onboard. So in all my race day vlogs, I, ha I usually feature some type of onboard video. And my favorite ones are the people like, oh, you know, car's tight. You need to do this to it. I'm like, yeah, well, I appreciate it. I'll give you a call next week. Yeah. Let me know what I need to change. Put you know, that while I'm at the notes. track. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, I mean, it's it's definitely a lost art. I feel like in our late model world now, and short track racing in general, uh, what it used to be versus what it is now, there's a lot more money in it now. Um, not necessarily a bad thing. The yeah. equipment has, you know, just like any type of racing, it's developed over time. There's technology trickle down from our upper series. So naturally, it's going to get more sophisticated. But, you know, at the root of it, there it's just metal, man. It's metal and... Uh, the outside of my race cars, you know, the body, they look great for the first race. And then after that, they're like 15-footers. And then maybe at the end of the year, they're like 25-footers. So you just they stand look, back. They look yeah. great. Don't they get look, too close. They still yeah. look good in victory lane, though. <laughs> yeah. So um, you are trying to win the track championship at Hickory this year. You're, how many, you're 15 points in the lead right now? Yep, 15 points. Uh, I had a 130-point lead going into the reset. They reset yeah. just to have a playoff system this year. It's first brand one new, ever. Right. Yeah. So he's got this big giant lead. It resets, but now with two races to go, 15 points ahead. How doable is that? Oh, it's pretty doable. I think I, uh, I, I kind of hurt us a little bit last week. We won the second race, but my preparation was a little lackluster, and I had a plug wire come off running second in the first race. So I don't know why it didn't come off. I had the plug wires off and was uh, – had the headers out of it, working on them, because I bounced the headers off the track the week before. <laughs> and uh, I guess I didn't get it pushed back on all the way. So we found that. I got a, a nice ass chewing from the dad for that one. And uh, we ended up winning the second race. But So we maintained our lead. Um, it had reset all the way down to, I think, six was the start. So we've gained on it every week. And we're in a good spot. We've got 150 laps this Saturday for the Bobby Isaac Memorial. That's it's a long a lot one. Of fun. It's a long one. It's a prestigious race, so there's going to be more cars there. And uh, it's a bucket list one for me. I'd like to win it. I finished second in it twice. That's a points race? It's a points race. Damn. Yeah. So that's that's a little wrench in the mix there. And then uh, we're off the following week. And then September 17th is championship night, 75 lapper. But it's double points. So there's Jesus. another. Yeah, I'm telling you, they're trying to. They're throwing every wrench at me possible. <laughs> so. Well, hopefully that sells a ton of tickets. I'm sure it will. People are going to be coming out there to see if you can get the job done. Um, I know you wanted to race here really bad. Mm -hmm. Uh, you've been able to create that opportunity with this with this limited car. Uh, what was the feelings when he pulled into the gate today? Well, first of all, we wouldn't be here if it wasn't thanks to you and High Rock Vodka. So thank you guys for the support. Um, it's tough racing. Yeah, round of applause for that. I mean, Dale stepped up, and he, he really did help us. So for a small team, it's, uh, it's tough, man. I mean, I'm running full-time at Hickory, and we have basically one late model stock car. Now, the limited cars are essentially the same thing, but, uh, you know, the late model stocks are a nicer car, and... Um, I didn't want to risk it bringing it out here, uh, being that we've worked all year in the points championship. So I wasn't sure if I was going to get to race. And then thankful for Dale, we were able to put this deal together with Jason Smith, the guy who owns the car, and uh, he's a good friend of mine, and uh, get a high rock on the car. And we're out here. And yesterday, dude, I'm telling you, it is an incredible experience. Like I never, I've come to this place many a times. One of my best friends, Dylan Wilson, his grandpa, Dean Combs, at one point, the Combs family owned this place. So he lives literally right next to the property. I got to come in here, and it's like largest amount of decay. And it was so depressing to come in here and see it like that because it just had this feeling. Like it almost just felt like it was crying at you, like screaming at you to bring it back. You know, it was just it was depressing. But at the same time, it was like invigorating kind of. And to see 
uh, Barry Braun, XR, Race XR, and everyone bring this back. Even when you did the first video to get it scanned in iRacing, that was awesome. But um, to get an experience or to have the experience and the opportunity to come out here and at least run laps yesterday, I mean, just pulling onto the racetrack was incredible. This place is actually in immaculate shape to set for as long as it has. It really is. I kind of hate that we're digging the pavement up after this, but that's part of it. It, it, it is going to provide some interesting racing. It wears the tires a lot, but uh, in incredible experience pulling out here, man. I never thought I'd get to do it, so uh, I'm really excited to go, go to battle for 50 tonight and then tomorrow too. All right, man. We'll be pulling for you. Number 75, High Rock Vodka Chevrolet. Landon will be out there. Thank Give him a hand for giving us some time today. Thank you, Landon. Pretty good, man. Thank you. I'll take that. Pretty good. He's going to take that mic with him. All right. No problem. How much time we got, Stefan? All right. Well, um, I appreciate you guys sticking around and listening to some of the drivers. I would have loved to have sit up here and, and rambled for an hour, but I really wanted to highlight some of the some of the people that are racing here uh, and just hear their story, get to know some of these some of these drivers. Uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, I, like I said, it's super overwhelming to be here to pull in here today. Tomorrow we're going to do this exact same thing to, and, and talk to some more drivers and sort of just get get to know what's happening here a little bit better. But, uh, you know, just want to thank you all for being here. It's been a lot of fun. And um, I guess we're going to do a little media. And then what's coming up next, Barry? What's the plan? Well, there it is, the first Q&A session from North Wilkesboro. Now, I'm not Barry. But if we were able to hear the rest of that conversation, what I think he was going to tell you tomorrow, the second Q&A session live from North Wilkesboro will drop on the Dale Jr. Download feed. That's right. We'll have another bonus episode of the Dale Jr. Download dropping tomorrow, Friday, wherever you listen to podcasts. You don't want to miss that. And I'll let you know a little secret. Some are saying this Q&A session was better than the first one. Now, some people are saying, I'm not going to name names, but some people were saying. It's a secret, though, so keep your mouth shut. If you're starving for more Dale Jr. North Wilkesboro content, or, you know, you're even moderately hungry, maybe you want a snack, I don't know, make sure you watch Roots and Revival on Dirty Mo Media's YouTube channel. Subscribe over there. Chapter 4 just dropped. It's amazing. The access, the quality, and just the overall vibes that video gives off it's extremely well done on all fronts. So if you don't want to miss that, go watch and subscribe to the YouTube channel. And we'll see you all tomorrow. Check out, check, check, check out Dirty Mo Media. Check out Dirty Mo Media. Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, and Instagram.